What's up, nerds? And welcome back to your weekly movie review podcast. That's right, you are locked in and tuned in to the 3FN Podcast. And of course, as always, we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. This week, we're jumping back in that Wayback Machine and traveling way back to the year 2004 as we will be reviewing Broken Lizards Club Dread for its 20th anniversary. But before we get there, my name is Rich, I am your host, and unfortunately the nerds are not all here. Uh, Ron is uh, taking a personal day, ladies and gentlemen. We wish him well. Uh, hopefully, he, uh, I'm assuming he'll be back by next week. But... Don't you fret, because in studio, we have the man that doesn't need an introduction, yet he has the longest introduction in all podcasting. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you hashtag Big Natty Cool, hashtag Mad Dog Strong Style, hashtag Challenge Accepted, hashtag Diesel Malenko, because he's the man of a thousand and four hashtags. He is the leader of the Minnows Gang, and is your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster he's the man the myth and the legend rolled into one jolly old ginger bearded feller ladies and gentlemen i give to you diesel what's going on all you salty 49ers fans (laughs) oh there's a lot of salt out there although i mean there was an extra first down I saw the video today and like last night I was it was funny because last night while I was watching the Super Bowl the guys were like we're sitting there and I'm like well, how the fuck did they get a first they just got a first down he only ran like three yards what the hell and uh, today I was I wasn't seeing things because it literally was like here it goes first down oh it's the first and ten he runs what you can see is three yards and then it's like the graphic goes to second down and then it goes to the Super Bowl graphic and it's first and ten and you're like. <laughs> Glitch in the Matrix. How the fuck did they get an extra down? Like this is fucking wild. And then uh, there was a couple other things. There was a there was an offside or a false start penalty, and I swear they weren't even at the line. I don't think they they got set. Like the Niners yeah. didn't. I was just like, because we were all like, wait a minute, were they even at the line? How, how do you get false start? Like it, there's just a few weird uh, uh, concurrences. Like uh, I tune into the ODPH podcast this week. I'm going to be joining <laughs> up, and we're going to be talking about the uh, Super Bowl and the end of the season, and of course where we uh, where we all fit into one of our predictions and kind of like our off season thoughts uh, coming up. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, you know me. I've never been the conspiracy theorist that thinks that uh, NFL is a complete work. I do understand that, uh, and as I always tell people. The refs definitely shave points because now that, you know, every sport in America is in bed with Vegas, like there is point shaving, but I don't think usually they don't give a fuck who wins. They just give a fuck about, you know, mashing spreads or over and unders and stuff. And uh, oddly enough, by the way, the Super Bowl was at 47 and a half over and under, and they finished with 47 points, which would be the under. Yep. <laughs> so, and I, I, I know from uh, people said that it's like 70% of people bet it on the over. So, uh, hmm. <laughs> yeah, some, some drama to that story, brother. Yeah. So I do believe that like Vegas does have like, and, and once again, you, you might believe it, you might not, but yeah, anything where there's heavy betting going on, that's why it's only the bigger games, you know. I was also saying there were some weird coincidences. Me and uh, Ken were talking about it. Like uh, the Niners all left the field. All their star players left the field. Didn't shake hands. Didn't say, which is normal. Yeah. Didn't say congratulations. And they didn't all look upset. They just left the field. And I'm like, motherfuckers got paid. They got fucking paid. <laughs> Vegas said, come in for me, baby. I don't know. I, 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 I'd I like to believe that it's not a work. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah. It's a rough one. It's a rough one. Uh, My only qualm, and I know we don't talk sports here, but my only qualm is like this now crowning of the the Chiefs as a dynasty and stuff. And I mean, they're not. Listen, no bias. They're not a bad team. They're a good team. You know, Mahomes is a great quarterback. But to like compare him already to Tom Brady, when Tom Brady has seven Super Bowl rings and he has three, I don't know. Uh, Tom Brady was also in 10 Super Bowls. He's only been in four. You know, like, I think we have to pump the brakes on it. And the Dynasty stuff, I still want them to win a dominant season. I don't think we've ever seen the Chiefs be dominant. No. They, they kind of limp in and they kind of get through. I mean, hey, there's, there's something to grit. But if you're going to be considered up there with the fucking Patriots or, like, the 49ers in the 80s or the 70s Pittsburgh Steelers, I need to see one dominant season, yeah. just one. I'm not asking for a lot. I just need to see <laughs> see you guys run the fucking board 
And I'm not saying go undefeated, just like, but put in a you know a season where we're like, fuck, they're definitely the best team in the NFL. Yeah, be I like, don't think we've seen that yet. Be like the Titans when they got their shit together and just started dominating the South. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> the NFC South is a. Oh uh, no, no, I'm talking. Remember the Titans. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> did it. Hey, listen, they were smart. They were smart. But, uh, you know, uh, once again, not offended. My team was in the Super Bowl, so it didn't really matter. I, did, I was rooting against Kansas City because I'm a Raiders fan, and so you'll never catch me rooting for Kansas City. Uh, put it on the table. But once again, I just I, there's something that when you start complaining them to the greats already, I'm like, what are you? Like, I, I just haven't seen that yet. That's just me. That, I mean, I, if, if your opinion is they're fine, that's fine. That's what it's fine. And yeah, I've already seen it, though. You know, today is the first day all our teams are undefeated again. Bills still suck. Oh, hi-yo. <laughs> Diesel shot fire. I mean, I mean, you are a Saints fan, yeah. so maybe the Saints will come marching in this year. Maybe uh, not. I am hoping for Super the Bowl Jags or the, the Lions. Super Bowl isn't in New Orleans this year. Yeah. New Orleans. That's when you get in trouble. <laughs> I heard somebody say that we should, they should have a little Wayne for the, the Super Bowl halftime show. Although I'm for it, I can see where that'd be problematic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but by the way, what did you think of the Usher? I, I, I know you didn't watch yeah. the game, but did you see any of it? Nope. Nope. There were some people really hating on it. I thought it was a really good performance. I, I heard like some of the sound was a little bit off, but I heard like Alicia Keys was phenomenal, and I heard uh, Usher actually you know did a good show. Yeah, it was a good show in my opinion. And uh, some technical again, issues. It's, it's, our, it's our growing up era, yeah. so we were like Little John was awesome. You know, it's always nice to see Little John. You know, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? And then at the end, they kind of teased Get Low. I was like, oh, they just do it. <laughs> Can I hear to the windows, the walls? <laughs> Listen, that's what if that, that would have happened. The Niners would have won because <laughs> somebody would have, would have gotten hyped up here and the sweat dripped down my balls. Ah, come on, that's what they needed. They needed a little John to do their halftime you know, speech. You know, since you know the Janet incident and um, what is it? Uh, am I uh, my uh, flipping off? The yeah, cameras? you need a little bit of controversy for the Dad, halftime show. Dude, I just want to point it out. We got to see both of Usher's nipples. He took his shirt off. <laughs> I was like, and there's the moment. There's the moment every woman in there between the ages of uh, 30 and 45 just swooned. <laughs> you still got it? Oh, he still looks good. Nice. He looks very good. He was sweating a lot. I, I, I will say this. He he should have worn a wristband because he was in sleeveless stuff. Yeah. Even before he took off the, uh, uh, the, the overcoat, he was all sleeveless. And he was sweating because yeah. he was performing his ass off. And I was just like, I know his, he was, he did the part where they were doing burn. And I was like, his eyes are burning right now because all that sweat getting in him. But like, it's like he should have thought it out so he had something to like wipe his yeah. face off with. But of course, he gave the homage to Michael Jackson, which we all knew he would. Nice. And, and, and it was appreciative. It was, uh, I, I dug it. Once again, if you, it wasn't for you, it wasn't for you. Diesel, other than that, how's the week been? It's been a busy week. Uh, had a lot of stuff going on with the family and learned a lot of stuff with the two jabs but overall been a pretty good week i got like a pound of rotel dip in my belly right now so kind of hurting so shout out to ron who i feel your pain right now <laughs> yeah you know i uh, i ate too much pizza last night i've been listen i'm not on like a, a diet diet if you will but i've been i cut back on carbs and up by protein so this was like that was like the most carb overload i've had in a while <laughs> so like my I, my gut felt real heavy this morning i was like Ugh, fuck my life uh, you know, prior to that, I was just pounding. Like, dude, I was having uh, steak salads, like oh, nice. steak strips, a fajita steak yep. strips, and it was like thirty-five grams of protein per salad. And <laughs> and thankfully, the the salad was there to like keep uh, the the stuff flowing. If yeah, you, you know what I mean. Fibrous gotta, lettuce and uh, stuff like that. You know, keep it flowing. You know what I mean. Smell the rock is cooking. That's what you guys come here for. I didn't tell you a fun story, but I'm going to tell you because just in case this person is listening. So my wife, uh, my wife, and I, I guess I'm putting her business on Front Street, <laughs> but my wife, uh, we had an interview <laughs> and she mentioned, so if you're, you're the guy that she did the interview with and you're listening to the show, shout outs to you. Uh, she, they asked her like, you know, the, the icebreaker questions. They asked her about uh, <laughs> if she listens to any or watches movies and she's like, no, but my husband has a uh, movie review podcast. So the guy took the name of the show down. <laughs> So if you're listening right now, don't crucify my wife. This is an adult <laughs> podcast. It warns you on every single platform. I looked at her like the the the, the look that I gave her was like, oh boy, <laughs> like uh, man, we 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 do a lot of adult things. I'm like last week alone, I talked about eating pussy because it was part of a movie, I, and I made the comment right before this is an adult podcast, so. 
Let's just describe it how it is. If you're checking it out and you're a fan of Broken Blizzard's Club Dread, just know she's a hard worker and you'd be lucky to have her at your office. <laughs> what my, the, the views and expressions of myself and Diesel and even Ron when he's here are not of my wife's. So I promise you that much. Oh, yeah. The amount of times we get scoffed at because of the things we say, ah, she does, we do not reflect her views. <laughs> so I, the only reason I didn't talk about this on Patreon is because if they're listening, if that person is listening, man, I just need you to know. That my wife is a good human being, even though I might not be. <laughs> I, that's a lie. I'm a good human being. I just have an adult sense of humor. On the flip side, though, if she would have said what she said, I'm like, oh, I'm a fan. What if we found out, like, the person gave her an interview was a minnow? Dude, I would love it. If you want to join Patreon, patreon.com slash 3FN podcast for as little as $1 a month and get a ton of extra bonus content, I can promise you this much. If you're okay with the adult humor we show here, it gets a whole lot further down the rabbit hole there. You get some uh, real wild experiences. And that's not just to sell the Patreon. Plus, you also get to, not only do you get uh, the the show, the 3FN podcast early, but you get bonus content for every week of the show. We call it the Uncooked Edition. You get it the night that we do it, unedited, and there's an extra sp- spot in the beginning and sometimes in the, in, in the middle when we do new movies. And then on top of that, you get two, count them, two Patreon-exclusive podcasts. One is called the 3FN Horror Show, where we do a horror, sh- uh, horror movie review every month on it, myself and Ron. And then the other one is called 3FN Rewind, where myself and Diesel celebrate movies from the past, just kind of like how we do on here. It's a whole extra ball game. And then if there's bonus reviews, like in the past when there's a lot of movies out, we do bonus reviews over there and everything else. And we're coming up on an anniversary, and uh, the, the patrons are going to get first dibs because we found out what we're going to do for the anniversary, but we're not going to announce it yet. <laughs> the people on Patreon found out, but we're not going to announce it to the, the masses yet. So with that being said, 3FN, uh, patreon.com slash 3FN podcast. And uh, folks, I hope everybody had a great week out there. We got a slamming show for you because this week, of course, we are going to be reviewing Club Dread for its 20th anniversary during the 3FN movie club review. And of course, before then, we'll start the fun off with Diesel's movie triple stuff. But before we get there, I got to pay them bills, even though I kind of half-assed it already. So I might just do that real quick in passing because it's time for some opening shameless plugs. And of course, if you can uh, hear my voice, which you obviously can because you're listening to this podcast, if you need to find out how to get a hold of the 3FN Podcast, it's simple. Go to 3FNPodcast.com. There, you will find all of our social media links. You will find the Public link. You will find that Patreon link, as well as friends of the show, like the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour Podcast, better known as the ODPH. Also, NerdInitiative.com, your home of pop culture positivity. Check them out. Go to NerdInitiative.com. Even better, subscribe to the Nerd Initiative YouTube channel. Every Tuesday night, Ken M. from the ODPH hosts Turn a Page, the comic book showcase show, live on YouTube. And for all you pro wrestling fans, every Thursday night, I host and can co-host the... And I Wrestling presents Wrestling Night Live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time talking all that pro wrestling. On top of all of that, we have the musical directory where the bands that allow us to use their music so we don't get hit with those dreaded DMCAs are. But we're going to give a special shout out to Shout at the Robots, whose song Fail Better is the theme song for the 3FN podcast. So thank you to Shout at the Robots and all those other great bands. Make sure you follow them on Spotify, YouTube Music, and Bandcamp, and anywhere else you get great independent music. And last but not least, we got to give a shout out to the people who help us keep uh, the lights on here, if you will. And uh, that, of course, is our sponsors. They uh, allow us to come to you commercial free each and every week. First up, our local sponsor, uh, Rex to Rods Auto Detailing. If you're in the, the if you're in the market to put the pride back in your ride. Who do you call, Diesel? 607-644-3389. That's right. And tell them the 3FN Podcast sent you. Also, we have our national uh, energy sponsor, Dubby Energy. Go to dubby.gg. That's right. It's D-U-B-B-Y dot G-G. Check out all their great flavors. And at checkout, use that promo code 3FNPOD. That's the number three. F-N-P-O-D. And you get 10% off of every order. Then our good friends over at Sci-Fi Horror Fest. If you want to find out everything that's going down there, SciFiHorrorFest.com. And last but not least, our main sponsor, Dragon Master Games. For all your Magic the Gathering and gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web, DragonMasterGames.com. And if you forget of anything I just said, just go to 3FNPodcast.com. It's got your hookup like big pop-up-pump. Eventually, I got to get a different one, Diesel. I think I was slower on that one. I think it was uh, more clear other than the fact that I, uh, I I botched a little bit. Not a lot, though. 
I love how I admit to at least botching. Yeah. I don't try to hide it. I, I had to make sure I wrote down Rex Durad's phone number so I didn't botch the number like I did last yeah, week. Yeah, so if you're in the 607 and ready to put the pride back in your eyes, 644-3389. 607, of course, is the area code uh, because they are a local sponsor, and we love them very muchly so. So for all those people who might be listening, or if you're passing through the 607, they can get your card in a day. Just make the appointment ahead of time. Well, Diesel... Uh, that's enough of the business aspect of it. Let's dive in to the fun stuff and let's kick it off how we normally do. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Welcome to Diesel's movie Triple Stuff. Box office this week, kind of lackluster. Coming at number five for its ninth week with $3.1 million, Wonka. It's awesome it's still on the list, though. Coming at number four, dropping down a couple spots, the TV show The Chosen with another $3.2 million. Man, them Christians are coming <laughs> out in full force for that. Uh, for I can't imagine watching a TV show in a theater, though. Yeah, it's like the first four episodes, it's probably like three and a half, four hours worth. I, I don't, I, not for me. I mean, I think it would be cool to see some of those Disney Plus shows. In oh, yeah. But still, I don't know. I, I don't know if I have the time to watch like the entire season of Ahsoka in the theater. Yeah, no. <laughs> Continue on. Sorry. Uh, coming at number three for its fifth week on the list, The Beekeeper with three point five million. I still haven't seen it. I want to see. It. I heard it's real fun. Like Ron yep. sings his praises. Well, we all know Ron loves the John Wick ass movies. He's definitely a closet John Wick <laughs> fan. Uh, we we figured that out after he he compared it to John Wick, <laughs> which he can he says he dislikes. <laughs> Uh, debuting in the number two spot this week with $3.8 million, Lisa Frankenstein. I thought it would do better money than that. I heard I heard a lot of good things. Actually, I'm going to go see it. Nice. Uh, I just didn't have time this past weekend because I was doing a lot of family stuff. But this upcoming week, when I have a little more time, I'm, I'm going to make sure I go see it. And then staying in the number one spot with another $6.5 million, Argyle. There's still <laughs> nowhere near that $200 million plus. I just want to throw that out there. Hi. All right, and then coming out this week, uh, coming out early, on Valentine's Day, we have What About Love, Bob Marley, One Love, and Madam Web. So we got two love stories and a Sony Pictures uh, spider per, a spider person or uh, movie, and uh, let me just let you know, which one do you think that we'd be reviewing? Because you're absolutely right, it's going to be Madam Web next week for 3FN Movie Club Review, so... Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to go ahead of time and say, in Life Diesel, we just hit a big... We should have picked one love. Yep. And then coming out on February 23rd, oh, we're back at it again. We have Ordinary Angels, Demon Slayer, Kimitsu no Yaba. You actually do a pretty good job <laughs> in saying that. And Drive Away Dolls. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Demon Slayer, but I don't want to do any like anime deep dives here. Maybe on Patreon sometime I will because I've, I've gotten into some of the animes and Demon Slayer is one of them that I really do enjoy. But uh, we ha- we almost, this was egregious of us. We, you know, when we do the Wayback Machine, we like to do it from an anniversary. Like an, an, I shouldn't say an even number anniversary because obviously the 25 or 15 can be in there as well. Well, there was a movie that has shaped a lot of us that came out 20 years ago also. And that movie was called, uh, sorry, was it 20 or is it 10? I can't, I can't remember. Uh, sorry. Uh, but anyways, it's Fanboys. <laughs> it was 20 years. So Fanboys. So we are going to be reviewing Fanboys this upcoming, uh, we, the, the following week. Now, the upcoming week is Madam Web. The week after that is Fanboys. See, now I'm uh, jumping all over myself. So we're getting back in the Wayback Machine for that as well. So hopefully we, uh, we take that home. So I should have my notes in front of me. You would think I'd be a little more professional. But... I'm tired. I just got out of work. So you guys got to forgive me. But Diesel, now that we know what's uh, in the box office and what it made, now that we know what's coming to the box office, it is now time for the signature move. What is this week's top three? Your top three favorite silly horror movies. Well, uh, that's a good one. Uh, you said silly horror movies or comedies? Horror. Horrors. Uh, so uh, there's, a, there's a lot of great ones. I'm going to be honest with you. At my number three spot, we're going to go back in time uh, to a movie that stars a man who is, uh, you know, you would say he's a king of comedy. Jim Carrey. I'm going with Once Bitten. Okay. Uh, next up on the list, in the number two slot. Uh, this one I'm actually a fan of, and it is, it's another vampire one, but it's, it stars probably one of the funniest motherfuckers to ever, to ever put him on, and that is, of course, uh, Leslie Nielsen. That's Dracula dead and loving it. Nice. <laughs> Dude, you can't, you can't top it. And my number one, and it's not as silly, but it is a dark comedy and I really do enjoy it, is Ready or Not. 
Okay. I, I put that at the top of my dark comedy list. It's not as silly as the other two, but I just want to give it some love because that's a great movie. Uh, Diesel, what is your top three? All right. Coming in at number three, we're going to do a whole franchise, but at the beginning ones weren't as hilarious, but as they went on and on, they got more and more funny. Tremors. Very true. Very true. Uh, coming in at number two, we're going to go with the ensemble film, This is the End. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> <laughs> and then number one, we're going to go with one of my all-time favorites from the late 90s era, Idle Hands. That's also very good. That's a possibility coming up in these next couple of months, but uh, I'm surprised you didn't put Killer Clowns from Outer Space, Diesel. Oh, fuck no. <laughs> I oh. uh, that Very good top three. If you want to let us know your top three, go to 3FMPodcast.com. Check out those social medias. Make sure you're following us anyways, and uh, tell us what you think. All right, Diesel. Now that we're past Diesel's movie triple stuff, it's time to enter right on into... said before we're getting in that way back machine we're going back to the year 2004 and we are going to be reviewing broken lizards club dread for this week's 3fn movie club review and uh of course we do two different things for new and older movies and since this is an older movie and anniversary movie uh we have a little different set of rules for the 3fn movie club uh we're going to shout them out for those people who need a reminder and of course if you are new to the show thank you for giving us a listen hopefully you uh go back and listen to some past episodes hopefully you'll listen to some future episodes we might be a little unprofessional at times we might be a little bit of raunchy and vulgar but you'll have a whole lot of fucking fun is all I can tell you. With that being said, though, Diesel, uh, what we do is uh, we give you... Uh, the first part is always kind of spoiler-free anyways. It's just the stats of the film, including who made the movie, who starred in the film. Before, uh, with the older films, the newer films, we would usually give a thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, or thumbs down, spoiler-free recommendation. We do not do that for the older films like this, because then we would take a break for a new film, so that gives people time for the spoilers. Instead, we give you kind of a little verbal warning before jumping into the full spoiler review, because this is an older film. Uh, honestly, spoiling a 20-year-old film that's uh, mostly a, a raunchy comedy, uh, with some horror elements. I don't think there's really much to spoil. Uh, there, I guess you can spoil the killer, yeah. right? right? <laughs> but uh, outside of that, let's be honest, there's not really, really too much no. to spoil. And then, of course, we'll play the game, which we have to play the solo edition this uh, for the first time this year, by the way. Ooh. And then uh, well, me and Diesel will finally give our scores for the movie. So that is the, the structure. Diesel, are you ready to talk some Club Dread? Oh, yeah. Well, before we can kick it off, Diesel, I believe... Man, I got a story to tell! When staff members of rock icon Coconut Pete's Pleasure Island start dying, the rest of the staff must figure out who done it and how to stay alive until they can get rescued. Of course, Broken Lizards Club Dread came out on February 27th of 2004 with two different runtimes. The theatrical release was 104 minutes. There is an uncut edition that's 119 minutes. I watched the 104. I know that for a fact. I don't know if you watched the 119 or 104. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> He's 147, I think, was on the site that I yeah, used. Yeah, so you got 104. Yeah. You got the original one. So uh, the budget for this film was estimated at $8.6 million. Uh, box office, $5 million domestic, $7.6 million worldwide, so not quite getting back their money. Uh, but once again, it's a Broken Lizards movie, so it probably made a shit ton of money in yeah. the secondary market on DVD and such. Because uh, they have all become kind of like... Like underground hits, if you will. Yeah, yeah, they were still riding high off their success of Super Troopers. Oh, absolutely. This was actually their second movie yep. after Super Troopers. Uh, then we would get other ones, which we'll talk about in a minute. Because now that we know the stats for the film, it's time to find out. Who made this shit? And of course, uh, the director of this film and a member of Broken Lizards, Jay Shandishkar. Uh, Jay started his career with the original Broken Lizards movie. This was not the f the Super Troopers was not the first. It was a, it was a movie called Puddle Cruiser in 1996. Uh, that would then go on, and they would re-release it after. Yeah. 
uh, the Super Troopers because the next movie he directed was Super Troopers. He also did some non-Broken Lizard stuff because he was the director of the Dukes of Hazard movie. Yep. He was also uh, going back into some of the uh, Broken Lizard stuff, Beer Fest, Super Troopers 2, Easter Sunday, all Broken Lizards stuff, and currently in production, Super Troopers 3, Winter Soldiers. <laughs> True story. Uh, the screenplay for this movie is, and we're going to announce them later when we do the thing. It is just Broken yeah. Lizards. That's how they write their screenplays, by the way. It does list them all out, but in the title, it just says Broken Lizards because it is a team effort. Uh, the Broken Lizards team has written their first movie was uh, Puddle Cruiser in 1996. Super Troopers, Preaching to the Choir, Beer Fest, The Slammin' Salmon, Super Troopers 2, Quasi, and of course, the upcoming Super Troopers 3. So uh, pretty awesome on them. Now that we know who directed and wrote it, it's time to find out the director of photography. Uh, the DP on this movie, Lawrence Shear. And by the way, you're going to find out real quick, Lawrence Shear did some shit. Uh, first movie for Lawrence Shear, Captain Jack in 1995. He also was the director of Garden State, The Dukes of Hazard, Dan in Real Life, I Love You Man, The Hangover, Due Date, Paul, The Hangover Part 2 and Part 3, War Dogs, Godzilla King of the Monsters, Joker, Black Adam, yeah. That was kind of a low point. <laughs> but in, currently in production, he is going to be the director of photography for Joker Foley Adieu, yep. which we will be reviewing later this year when it comes out. And that, last but certainly not least, doing the composition on this movie, the composer Nathan Barr. First movie Nathan Barr was a composer on Too Smooth in 1998. Uh, he did Beyond the Mat. It's oh, nice. a documentary, but I love that. Obviously, it was a wrestling fan. Cabin Fever, The Dukes of Hazard, Hostel, Beer Fest, Grindhouse, The Slammin' Salmon, The Last Exorcism, Pray for the Devil, and currently in production, he is the composer of Salem's Lot, oh, the nice. new version of Salem's Lot they're doing. So lots of real promising stuff going on with uh, the people behind the scenes here for Club Dread and Broken Lizards. But uh, there's a lot going on with the cast as well, because Diesel, now that we know... Who made the film? It's time to find out who starred in it. For the love of God, will someone please punch me in the face so I can see some scars? So we're going to just kind of run through the uh, Broken Lizards guys. Uh, they have done some other stuff, but let's be honest, most of their fame is from Broken Lizards. So playing Putnam is Jay Chandeshar, who is also the uh, person who is director of this film. Uh, Kevin Hefferman plays Lars. Uh, you also remember him as Farva in particular. So that giving you a, a picture in your head. Uh, I, I consider him part of the group, but he's not. But Nate Faxon plays Manny, but he's a villain in pretty much all of the uh, Broken Lizards movies. Yeah. Remember, he's, he's in the uh, Beer Fest as well, and he's also in Super Troopers. Yeah. So I'm just going to throw him on the list just because even though he's not technically a member of Broken Lizards, he's, he's, blood, uh, he's Broken Lizards adjacent. Yeah. Uh, next up on the list would be Steve Lemmy, who plays Juan in this movie. Richard Perello, who plays Cliff in this movie. Uh, Paul Soder, who plays Dave in this movie. And last but not least, for the Broken Lizards guys, would be Eric Stolheinsk who plays Sam in this movie. Uh, so that is your Broken Lizards gang. And on top of that, they had some other people in this movie. And I'm just going to do quick dives on people because I feel like we'd be here all day because there's a lot of yeah. people in this movie, believe it or not. But playing the role as Coconut Pete is the late, <laughs> great Bill Paxton, of course, really on point because we just got the first trailer for Twisters. Yep. Which, of course, he was in the original Twister, Apollo 13, Frailty Aliens, where I think that's probably Private Hudson, I think, was one of his biggest roles of all time. Unfortunately, we lost the late, great Bill Paxton on February 25th of 2017 at the age of 61. Uh, definitely a guy who is missed by all. Uh, Bill Paxton, fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Can't say much, you know. I don't think there's anybody who says a bad thing about the man. I, I could be wrong, but I just have never heard anything bad. You, know, you can say some bad stuff about Coconut Pete, but not about Bill Paxton. Playing the role of Penelope, or Penelope for the rest of us, but <laughs> Penelope, was Jordan Ladd. Uh, you remember Jordan Ladd from Death Proof, Never Been Kissed, Cabin Fever. Uh, so she's done a lot yeah. of these silly horror films, believe it or not. Very, very attractive. Yes. Speaking of uh, somebody who's done a few Broken Lizard movies as well, playing the role of Jenny is Brittany Daniel. Uh, you would remember Brittany Daniel from Skyline, White Chicks, uh, Sweet Valley. But, you know, you also remember her in her probably her biggest role. And what is that, Diesel? Joe Dirt. That's right. She <laughs> played Brandy in Joe Dirt. And, of course, the sequel to Joe Dirt, which we don't talk about. She was also on Always Sunny in Philadelphia. We will not talk about that role on air because it's a little controversial. But she still was on there. Uh, and that is going to be it for the the, the shout outs that we're going to give right now. Although I will give one other Sam Levine playing Dirk. Uh, we all know and love Sam Levine uh, from numerous things, but he was Inglorious Bastards, Minx, White, Hot American Summer, and not another teen movie to name a few. So uh, let's just throw it out there. Great cast. 
awesome time. Uh, Diesel, anybody else you want to shout out? Or uh, I don't remember his name, but he was one of the cops in Super Troopers. The, uh, the one of the no homo guys who I always remember because I love the Broken Lizard films and you see some of the same people come through most of their movies. But I just remember him as the Killian's Irish Red guy because he was on that um, advertising spree for a while for Killian's. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> All right. With that being said, though, that is going to do it for who's in the movie. And we are going to break into our full spoiler review. So giving you a verbal warning here, because this is an older film. We don't do the whole break and everything. We are going to be talking about 2004's Broken Lizards Club Dread. If you have not seen the movie and you do not want it spoiled, this is where you stop the podcast. Go watch the movie. You can find it on Amazon, amongst other places, and come back and listen to it after. If you don't care, if you've seen the movie in the past, you're not rewatching it right now, or you've already, you just don't care. Stick in because we're hitting into the spoiler free review right now. Diesel, are you ready? Oh, yeah. All right. So, uh, the way we do these for the newcomers and people who need a reminder, we just got to do like a broken uh, skeleton version of the, the movie. We don't go scene for scene. And then we uh, go into our likes and dislikes before going into the scores. So, uh, I'm just going to throw it out there. This movie opens in like horror movie classic horror movie uh, aspect where we have a guy and a girl they're frolicking through the woods and uh you find out that they're into some dirty dirty play as uh i do believe well he uh sparks the joint he wants her to lick his chest yeah lick my nipple <laughs> and then uh they hear something in the woods but guess what it's another girl who's brought some drug laced drinks to the party and now we find out that they're going to go have a threesome but they're going to do it inside of an old tomb of of possibly some some deities on the island yeah. yeah they find the fertility statue and jokingly say that they don't need the guy anymore because it's just a little round thing with a huge penis <laughs> and for diesel's pleasure he said would you like the front or the back uh we we know what that means is she chooses the front yep so we get uh, you know we get boobies and we get a little bit uh, we know that there's some oral play going on and then the one girl that's up top is watching and then all of a sudden what happens to our, our guy who's getting pleasured? Well, she, she says that she hears something. The guy makes the comment, is it a strange sucking sound? But then she starts freaking out because the, sh the shadow behind him starts moving forward and takes this machete and chops the guy right down the neck, right down the side. And so the two girls try to run away. And of course, they meet their demise by the hands of the killer. And then we get title card. Before we get the new group of people coming to this island, because what we find out uh, here, because we're skipping around, is that Coconut Pete is pretty much a ripoff of Jimmy Buffett. Yes. And although in this world, Jimmy Buffett ripped off Coconut Pete uh, because he gets very angry if you play, if you tell him that you want to hear Margaritaville. Because he came up with Pina Carlotta Berg. 13 years before that hack came up with Margaritaville. That's right. Pina Colada Berg is where it's at. By the way, Diesel, what is the name of your favorite uh, album by one Mr. Coconut Pete? She Shanties and Wet Panties. <laughs> Throughout the movie, we got an ongoing jokes, though, of different song titles and albums of Coconut Pete, and they are all hilarious yeah coconut pete has a catalog folks and i mean an extensive catalog and he has such classics like pina colada berg of course the the name of the uh island that they are on instead of margaritaville it is pleasure island correct yep. and that is the name of his most popular hit song if i'm not mistaken but then on top of that you he has such great hits as naughty cow naughty which cow. Uh, which is the inspiration for the murders <laughs> that we are going to uh be going through uh, i would also like to give a shout out to ponytails and cocktails <laughs> Uh, because, hey, once you cut your ponytail, all you got is a knot tail and a cocktail. Uh, and then, of course, uh, my favorite of all time, Diesel, she's a coming, she's a blowing. <laughs> uh, by the way, if you want, uh, there is a, an, an actual soundtrack. It's an EP. Take another hit, The Best of Coconut yeah. Pete. Uh, find that wherever uh, you, you get stream your music. Trust me, you're going to want to check out some of these songs. But now that we've given a shout out and you know where who Coconut Pete is, we get introduced to the guy who's coming in to fill in as the masseuse and that would be our good friend Lars who has the touch he has the touch he, he has the touch he knows where the energy flows and as we learn he can make you orgasm piss yourself 
go to sleep. He has the touch. And we quickly get introduced to all the employees of the island, like Cliff, and of course you, who I forgot to mention earlier, but you is great great in this movie. Uh, Of course, we have you know Sam and the fun who's the fun police, and we we have Putnam, who is your uh, uh, your uh, tennis instructor. Tennis instructor, thank you, and Jenny, who is your aerobics instructor, and uh, Dave, who is the nephew of pineapple or, or sorry coconut pea i said pineapple pea i'm thinking about pineapple uh berg again pina colada berg and then of course juan who is your diving instructor Uh-oh. he is a diving instructor but during the title screens when we introduced all of them it's juan water sports yes it is <laughs> So, so as they go through, you get introduced to everybody, and these are your main characters of the movie. And then, of course, we have all these drunk frat kids who are there to party. Yeah, it's a hedonistic island. They encourage the staff to fuck the people that are there. They encourage the guests to fuck other guests. It's I was going to say, at one point, Drunk Coconut Pete tells the staff, you know, hey, how about you have some sex with some of these guests? I mean, half, half of them aren't bad looking. <laughs> We also find out the staff has been hooking up with a lot of the staff as well. And they do a lot of drugs. By the way, we find out the three people we got to see killed in the beginning, we see them here before they get killed. So that's the, the little scene that we got in the beginning actually takes place after yep. this all happens. So... Now that this is all going on, you know, we find out about the island and all the fun games and everybody's just getting drunk, high and be having hedonistic sex. And it's a lot of fun until people start ending up dead. Now, mind you, they don't know that our three people are missing or dead yet. But later on, we do get uh, a, a human game of Pac-Man. Uh, Diesel, uh, how do you, would you distract, uh, dis, dis, you know, describe the human game of Pac-Man? They have like a hedge maze and... The person running as Pac-Man's running through, and if you find the, like, orange cups and drink it, you get powered up, like Pac-Man does, and bikini-clad women act as a ghost and chase him through until he hits his power-up. And they also have fruits. They also have the bonus fruits and uh, pretzels that uh, come through so you can get bonus points as you have... Uh, the fun police, uh, Sam and DJ Dave watching overhead doing the sound effects. So needless to say, one of the first kills that we get to see is that uh, the our killer puts on a little pineapple hat, if you will, and chases around the pair and then eventually kills him in the maze. Disembowels him in the maze and then uh, Putnam is in the banana outfit and stumbles across it and runs out to alert people and... They follow the banana down to see the down pair. <laughs> so after they discover that body and another dead body, they, they get the message real quick because uh, Carlos, who's one of the other workers, gets flown into the side of a of a like a concession area on a hang glider, and uh, it says "Naughty Carlos" on his chest, and uh, the other guy has "Naughty." I can't remember his name. Cal yeah. on his chest. And then they discover, oh, this is a song. So now we're getting it unraveled. This is a song, Naughty Cal, inspired this killing spree. And it's basically telling them, hey, you have to continue to work. If you, don't, if you, if you alert any of the guests and don't do your jobs, then you, more of you will die. If you do not alert the guests and you do a good job, you will all live and all get to go off the island after this is done. Now, our workers are so bad that even with the threat of death, <laughs> they don't want to do a good job. Uh, so they all continue to die off one by one. I know you gets it as she's uh, uh, going to alert the uh, guests so the, that can't happen. But then she's going to get saved by our uh, security guard, uh, Steve. And, uh, yeah, he, he starts giving this whole speech about being a badass, Diesel. And what happens? The most epic speech about there's always got to be some fuckhead who wants to shit in the apple pie. But I'm the apple pie that shits back on you. As he is saying his little monologue there, he just gets his throat cut nonchalantly <laughs> in the most epic fashion. There are some great parts in this movie. <laughs> uh, so now, you know, we have this budding love interest between Jenny and Lars because he can make her hit the happy point. Oh, yeah. Just with the, he's got the touch. He's got the power. So now they start, exp- you know, they start blaming each other. Who could be the killer? We need to find the boats. You know, we find out one boat's propeller's gone. We find out the other one gets sunk later on, sunk later on so they can't get off the island. You know, Putnam is uh, goes off with Lars, and then he has this weird fucking dream where he's the killer, but then he makes out with himself. Yep. But then he wakes up, and he runs off in the, in the, in the jungle. <laughs> it's, it's, it's wild. So when Lars comes back, and you know, everyone's on high alert, and like, 
Lars comes back solo and he's like, where's Putnam? So now they think Lars is obviously the So guy. they lock him lock him up in the fun jail cell. <laughs> the, the drunk tank. Which is basically the drunk <laughs> yeah. tank. And so therefore, uh, you know, he's, you know, off the board. And then we discover he's going to be the killer. So they come back to get him and then he's not there. And there's this tiny window that he gets out. We find out later that he can make himself get skinnier. And the funny line is him and he, he gets skinnier to get under bed. And Jenny's like, so why don't you just do that all the time? He's like, oh, so you're going to make a fat joke at this time? I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, so, you know, we get through this movie and, we're, we're, you know, people are dying. And we find out at one point that, that Dave isn't the real nephew of, of Coconut Pete. Dave, instead, his parents were trampled to death at a Coconut Pete concert. So Pete felt so bad that he took him in. And, and everybody uh, Putnam reveals this like nobody knew this and this is after they discover that Coconut Pete was murdered and, and basically everybody's like everybody knows that Putnam everybody why would you bring up something terrible like that which makes him look like the bad guy <laughs> it was such a great reveal because you just oh he's obviously hiding something he, he blames Coconut Pete for his parents death so obviously it's going to be Dave and Jenny just Everyone knows that his parents were trampled to death at a Coconut Pete concert. Why would you ever bring that up? Such a fun reveal. It it is hilarious. So now everybody's trying to get away. And, uh, you know, Dave ends up eating it too. Like, everybody ends up dead except for, at this point, Putnam, Jenny, Lars. And uh, Lars and Jenny are under the bed, as we talked about earlier. And Putnam comes in, but they don't know it's Putnam. And uh, they, they, they cuff him to the bed because she's got some kinky toys yeah. to tie people up under her bed. And uh, basically, they don't have the keys. So when the killer starts coming towards Putnam, they got no keys. Which was funny because we realized that Putnam was there because it's their last night there. They're supposedly going to get rescued the next day because that's when the normal boat comes. And he just happens to come into that room because he's got to get his one shot to steal a pair of her panties. Yeah, pretty much being a perv. So he starts hitting golf balls at, at the killer. And our other two hide in the bathroom. And the, my favorite part is, I should have known it was you. Oh, this is terrible. You, I never trusted you in your eyes anyways. And he never reveals who the killer is. So they run back into... Uh, Juan at this point in Juncture, who went off to find Penelope. Yep. And uh, there is a scene where we, they think that uh, Penelope, or Penelope, uh, he, that's just what he calls her, uh, was the killer because she's been stalking and hunting down uh, Juan because she wants a little bit of that uh, Brazilian sausage, if you will. And uh, she, uh, we find out she's not as they hide in a closet while uh, he's banging her and she finds out he's a gymnast and he's like, I think I'm in love <laughs> Yeah, so he finally uh, embraces her and has a marathon session. And then as she's getting cleaned up, he runs back to the closet to where, I think at the time it was Jenny, Sam, and Dave was still alive at the time. Uh, and it's like, oh, still not sure. We might have to be here for a little while longer to be absolutely certain. And Jenny's like, why Why are we sitting here in the closet having sex? You wouldn't want to sit in my closet while I'm having sex. And he's like, oh, you're so wrong about that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so he went off to find Penelope. And uh, he uh, he comes, when he when they run into Juan, he, they first they see Penelope. And she's not with him. She hasn't seen him. But when they run into Juan, Juan's covered in blood and has a bloody machete. And he's like, I found Putnam. He's dead. And they're like, we know because you killed him. <laughs> Because, you know, it looks like that. And what distracts them is that Sam is inside of the mud hut and he's banging on the window like he's in gonna kill me. So they go into the mud hut and there's four bass in the mud. The four tubs, I should say, of mud. And uh, by the way, I did I give him credit. They did a good job of suspense here. It was a little slow, but they did a good job as Lars puts his hands in the first one. Nothing. nothing. Puts his hands in the second one. Nothing. Puts his hands in the third one. And it is Sam. Pulls him out. He looks dead. Gone. So he goes to the last one because the killer has to be in there because there's no other place to hide. So they toss him the machete and he stabs in there. But nothing. But what happens, Diesel? Sam's eyes opens up. He jumps on top of Lars, grabs the machete, holds it to his neck. And we get the big reveal that it is the fun police, Sam. And the reason why he's doing this is because he found out. Well, no. The first reason we get is he's like, yeah, well, then then, then that prick said that he didn't have any weed on him. Then he was out in the out in the woods with those two hussies smoking my weed. That's some bullshit. You don't lie to a brother about grass. And he's like, oh, wait a minute. That's not the real reason. What was the real reason, Diesel? So we found out that Dave was going to 
get the deed for Pleasure Island signed over to him because Coconut Pete was going to go back on tour with a supergroup with Eddie Money. Yeah. And he was just like, Dave's a goddamn drug dealer. He's a, a DJ. He cannot run this place. I should run this place. And you know what? I made you guys work. <laughs> yeah. So he committed these murders to show that he has good managerial skills. <laughs> So now he's got to kill the rest of them. And as they run off, they do the final girl run, if you will, from horror movies. Uh, and they run into like the one area and he's trying to uh, drown Penelo, but there's all the other bodies hanging. So they smash open the, 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 the hot tub that has glass in it, save Penelo. But then Sam comes, wakes up and it looks like he's going to kill our heroes before Lars comes out of nowhere. Cause Lars, how they get out of the mud hut is Lars hits him with the touch to make him orgasm. He's like, I can only hold it for a minute or so. And uh, he's like, it's going to be a real big mess in here. <laughs> So he doesn't end up killing Lars, but Lars ends up, you know, getting him from the backside. And then he's still not dead. So they go to try to jump off the cliff to find, to get to the boat. Cause then you're like, we might be able to find a propeller. And as they jump in, we realize that the other boat got sunk. So at that point, Juan goes down to get the propeller while everybody else goes to the boat that just is missing a propeller. But Sam also enters the water. And by the time Juan gives them the, the part and he goes to get out, we notice that, Sam's, uh, that, that Juan's got a big giant gash. Yeah. And he's not long for this world. Although, Diesel, he goes out like a G. What does he ask the ladies to do for him? Well, he, he asks for one final kiss. And Penelope, she leans down and he's like, no, 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 no. You and her. What? Them trifling ass bitches do not give him his final wish. That's he nice. sinks down like Jack and Titanic into the abyss. We should have got that music. <laughs> it, it was after that, so we could have gotten that music. Or a ripoff of yeah. it, I should say. Well, now Sam reveals himself again as Lars is, uh, after Lars puts on the propeller, they struggle on the boat before he ends up overboard. And then, uh, how, what does Lars do? So Lars just keeps running the boat in a circle because it's still hooked up to the buoy, to the little floating dock out in the middle and winds up just putting Sam wrapped around, wrapped around, wrapped around with this rope. And then they finally split him in half like a medieval torture device. Well, before that, they think he's dead, and then all of a sudden he comes back to life, but then they come off and split him in half. No, no, because he comes back. Well, he comes back again, because when he's he's tied up at first, they're like, well, we have to untie it. We have to cut ourselves off yeah. of it. And he goes, ah, and then he was like, got it, Jenny. Yeah. And she guns it, and that's what cuts him yeah. in half. And then it looks like our heroes are done, and then what happens to Ezra? The upper torso of our fun police jumps up out of the water to grab Penelope and try to drag her down, but they are able to knock him off. Well, Lars grabs a hold of him in one of the worst practical effects and swings the top half of a mannequin into the ocean. Oh, yeah. Uh, by the way, the him jumping out and grabbing Penelope is an homage to the original Friday the 13th yeah. ending. So it was kind of cool. And then they, uh, they go off into the sunset. Penelope is driving the boat. Well, uh, we get a little makeout sesh between Jenny and Lars. And then... We get, like, the maybe he's still alive. Dun, dun, dun. We get the curse of the end, and all of a sudden we see the lower half of the to the body start kicking through the water. So, apparently, both sides of, both halves of Sam are sentient, and it's not based in reality whatsoever. Now that we've gone through the pretty much the rough structure of the movie, Diesel, what were some of your likes from Club Dread? All right. So this is a very juvenile comedy, and there are some funny reoccurring jokes throughout the movie. We have the the couple of friends that are on Pleasure Island together talking about, you know, how much pussy they're going to smash. And then anytime they get, you know, joking around, hitting each other's arm and stuff like that, the one guy goes in to, like, try to kiss his buddy and is like, oh, don't, don't be gay. Again, 2024 doesn't hold up like it did in 2004. But I found some of that stuff funny. Uh, one of the things I love about the Broken Lizards films, too, is they they have their own little weird universe where they bring in a lot of the same people again. And they have a weird thing with the first person to audition for the movie automatically gets a, gets a role. So I think in this one, I forget who it was, but every Club Dread movie has one of these. So it's not as, like expansive as like the VSQ universe, but the broken lizard universe is still fun filled with like a lot of fun little tidbits that I, I like looking out for. Yeah. There's little Easter eggs and stuff. Um, I also enjoyed Juan's backstory because one of the reveals is 
Juan was released from a Nicaraguan prison or a Costa Rican prison and had a letter of like a recommendation from the warden saying, Hey, this guy has been you know, rehabilitated. He serves, he you know, poses no threat. So everyone's like, when everyone's pointing fingers at each other, we get the reveal that he was sent to prison because when he was a lonely boy on the farm, he had intercourse with a goat. Hmm. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, so there was some fun facts about that. Uh, by, by the way, a fun fact, uh, broken lizards actually screened the film for Jimmy Buffett who was so amused that he requested permission to sing some of the film's original songs oh, on his nice. live tours. So uh, you <laughs> might be able to hear some of the uh, original songs on uh, Jimmy Buffett's clothes. Oh. Also, the uh, Penelope joke uh, came from when uh, Jay Chandeshar and Kevin Heffernan went to a screening of Carlito's Way, and when Penelope Ann Miller's came, name came up on the screen, a man uh, from the crowd yelled, Penelope, what kind of name is Penelope? <laughs> So that's actually where it came from. Kind of, you know, this kind of shit that ends up with us too as, as well. And uh, it, it's kind of interesting. So uh, they, uh, the Broken Lizards themselves consider this their funniest film. I don't. Uh, I'm going to say that for a minute though. Uh, those are enough fun facts for now. Yeah. And uh, I just want to throw this out there. For my likes of this movie, it is there are some really fun callbacks. I do actually like the horror element of this movie. Uh, even though they are spoofing horror films in, in a lot of sense, they still have some pretty cool, brutal like death scenes and kind of like very little horror touches that they're like paying a lot of homage to Friday the 13th and uh, because of like the hiding of the bodies and the stringing them out, the final girl run, um, how people are picked off. It's 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 pretty awesome. I I, I do like those parts of the movie i also uh like i said i dig some of the comedy and how it comes back and for the most part it's just a silly fucking movie so i can't really say the premise or story but i don't crucify it for it because it's just supposed to be a silly ass movie uh jumping into some dislikes for me i'll I'll start them off uh i i the comedy didn't all hit in this and it's not because i'm looking at it in 2024 eyes because we still know i love dick and fart jokes it's just a, sometimes I think that uh, you try too hard. And what I saw in this movie, maybe, and back then, once again, I used to smoke a lot of the cannabis back in the day. It's not that I don't now, but I used to smoke a lot of it before seeing movies. And now I try to review everything sober. And I think if I was super stoned, I might have been a little more because a lot of it is stoner humor. But even even with that being said, I can still watch Cheech and Chong up and smoke sober, and it's still hilarious. So I think what they I think in my opinion, what they did that made it less funny for me was they recycled a lot of the tropes from Super Troopers. Yes, like they kind and I'm not saying the same jokes, but the same kind of setups and the same kind of like oh everything is kind of taken literally, if you will. I.e., you know, I'm gonna pistol whip the next uh, person next time I hear the word shenanigans, I'm gonna pistol whip the person who says it. Hey, Farva, where's that place you like to go with all this shit on the walls? Shenanigans. Ooh. <laughs> so it was like humor like that. But to me, the Super Trooper stuff was way more funny. Uh, hence why I remember that line and more. And I think they got, and, and I understand that they did some of that in Beer Fest as well. And I, I mean, I maybe if I rewatch it, I won't find it as funny. But I think that they had a better story in Beer Fest, if you will. So I think this is kind of one of their weaker films in that line. And that's just my opinion, obviously. Uh, so I didn't get like some of the, it's not that I didn't get the humor, I should say. I just was like, no, oh, it wasn't really funny. Yeah, like, a lot of the humor does fall flat in this movie. There is a lot of funny stuff, though. I mean, Bill Paxton's coconut pee, <laughs> realizing that he's obviously a Jimmy Buffett ripoff and like, <laughs> like in, and how far they go with that. It's crazy. So I, I, I dig that. Uh, that would be my biggest one. Like there, it's kind of long for a comedy. Like it's oh you know yeah. it's, it's pushing two hours. I mean, if you got it down to that hour and a half spot, there's a couple parts of the movie where you're like, why is this even in here? Like you, we could have shortened this down or gotten rid of it, and it wouldn't have made a fucking difference. But I get at the same time that they were trying to do like a know what you did last summer scream kind of who done it as well. So it's kind of like it it it's like a double edged sword in a lot of. Yeah. I think my biggest dislike to this movie is some of the stuff that made it was good in it is also the reason it was bad, you know, like as a dislike diesel, your thoughts. Yeah. So to exactly piggyback on that, a lot of this felt in using your double edge sword thing. A lot of it seems like they were trying to fuck with their friends within broken lizard with how they wrote the different characters, which made for some funny moments, but also made for some awkward moments. Like Juan's really bad accent throughout the movie. Um, and like, just what he had to wear with his bad, bad tan lines. He was like, you, you knew that they were just fucking with each other on a personal level, which again, both good and bad. Um, another negative, the first 60% of this movie flew by the last 40% of the movie is a drag. It, granted, we're getting to the third act where, 
you were getting more of the action beats and whatnot, but for whatever reason, it felt so long towards the end. Like the pacing after the first half of the movie is atrocious, I think. Yeah, there's a there's a really weird lack of pacing in it. It's it's like the opposite of ISS. Yeah. I, I, I could watch the first probably hour of this movie a few times and find stuff to laugh at. That last 44 minutes or 47 minutes is rough. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, if, if they would have cut a, like like 15 to 30 minutes out of this movie, I think they would have really hit a bigger yeah. home run. And then in my opinion, go into the big reveal at the end with the end and then seeing the bottom half of um, Dave kicking the water or not Dave, uh, Sam kicking the water. It was like everything was based in reality until that point. And you're just like, all right, that's kind of dumb. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess his, him keep coming back. I, but that was only that was making fun of like yeah. horror films. But then the, the leg thing was just like, <sighs> yeah. it was like, all right, we got the joke. You kind of just drove it into the ground on that one. Yes. So with that, we have made it through our spoiler full review and gave us gave our likes and dislikes. But before we can give our scores, Diesel, it's time to give the scores from around the internet, and you know how we do that. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> That's right, Diesel. It is time to play the game, and of course. This is the solo version of the game, so I'm going to explain the rules. That has not changed. The rules for the solo version is Diesel will be playing against himself. He has to come within 5% or 0.5 of the answer, above or below, to get the point. He needs three points to win. If he cannot do that, then the win goes to Ron in absentia, or Diesel can stay the champion because Diesel is your champion. Uh, And I am going to give you one clue. We're going to break it down to just one clue. The clue that you're going to get is, and I'm not saying that this this is the top score. So none of these scores are this. I'm just going to tell you that there is no that everything's below 60%. So that make, does yeah. that make sense yeah. to you? So everything is below 60%. I'm not saying that 60% is one of the scores. I'm just yeah. saying it could be further away from it. Yeah. I'm just letting you know that that is your only clue. Yeah. Okay? In my head I was already going to give this low scores on all the metrics right but i'm just i'm just i just want to feel like it's fair to give it we usually do because usually you can play off the other person he doesn't get that so we do give one we used to give a clue for each one i think we're gonna make a little harder this year like we've done with everything else and i'll just give you the one all right so let's start it off imdb out of 10 using points what did they give club dread 3.5 3.5 and did diesel get the point It was 5.7 out of 10. Oh, okay. 5.7 out of 10. All right, he's a Metacritic. This is critics only. This is is algamation of all critics. Out of 100%, what did they give Club Dread? Critics are going to hate this movie. 25. And did Diesel get the point? 45%, Diesel. 45%. All right, Diesel, you have to get the last three right or you lose. Okay? All right, so next up, Rotten Tomatoes critic scores. These are just the critics from Rotten Tomatoes. Out of 100%, what did they give Club Dread? 34%. 34% and Diesel gets the point. It was 30%, so you just got it. All right, all right. Next up, Rotten Tomatoes fan score. Out of 100%, what did they give Club Dread? 49%. He goes with 49. Is he stay alive? He does, 44%, so just barely. If you would have guessed one more up, you'd have been done. All right, Diesel is all hinging on this last one. And uh, by the way, that clue does not apply here because it's only out of five, so you're on your own. If Letterbox out of five, using points, what did they give Broken Lizards Club Dread? 2.3. 2.3, and did he get it, folks? We're going to find out. Is Diesel a winner? out of five on Letterbox, so you just made the cut diesel and uh with that diesel is still your champion and he has taken a lead four to two on the year total because remember it's going to be for the yearly championship and diesel is now leading four to two on ron but we still have a lot of year left all right diesel now that we found out what the internet gave it it is finally time to find out what our scores are yeah well you know that's just like uh your opinion, man. 
And of course, we are going to give our nerd score, and our nerd score is a uh, entertainment score. Uh, that we mix uh, how we get around it, and it's because it's a recommendation. We mix our entertainment score with the critic score, so that means that if the movie is a little more entertaining, but yet it is not that good, it could raise the score a little bit, and vice versa. And of course, it is on the nerd scale, which has five parts and five parts alone. And I'm going to give the five parts to the people who might not know. First is a one. That means no. It means it's a terrible film, and you should never watch it. A two is you've been warned. That means it's not quite terrible, but it ain't good. So you've been warned not to watch it. A three is eh, it's okay. Uh, you know, it's good. These are average movies. It's like average to like good, but you're not going to add them to your collection. You're not going to run out and spend money on them. Uh, basically, the way we like to explain it is you won't regret seeing it, but you're probably never going to watch it again. A four is just take my money. That means if it's in the theater, feel free to spend some money on it. Feel free to watch it again. You know, that's really kind of the biggest separation between three and four. These are very good to great movies. You might even consider adding them to your collection. They might just miss the mark of the top spot, but still... They're movies you can spend money on and feel comfortable about it. You're going to watch them more than once. And last but certainly not least, in the uh, five slot, the rarefied air of Certified Nerd. These are the classics. These are the legends. These are movies like Jurassic Park and Jaws that are just, you know, they're iconic. You're going to not only go see them in the theaters if you can see them the first time, but when they re-release them, you will see them again. You will probably buy at least a Blu-ray DVD or digital copy, and you'll add it to your rotation because, damn, they are such great, iconic movies. So, with that being said, Diesel, we are going to give our score for Club Dread. I'm going to start with you. What is your score for Club Dread and why? We're giving it a week three. It's good. It's good. It's good. There was enough humor in this where I really enjoyed it. When it comes to the other Broken Lizards films, I think this ranks lower in their catalog. But... It made me laugh. I had a good time watching it. I had fond memories of seeing it, you know, in theaters 20 years ago. And, you know, I I could see you giving it a two. I could see you giving it a three. There's enough nice titties in this movie where it's a solid week three. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm not going to bury the lead. I'm also giving this a three. It's good. It's good. And I can kind of agree on the weak side of this because let's give my critic score real quick. I give it a five out of ten. It's like a perfect average movie. Like there's nothing that blows your socks away in this movie. There's nothing that's like, but there's nothing so egregious that I should give it worse. So it doesn't do enough to bring it up any and it doesn't do bad enough. And the the parts that are really good that we enjoyed about it, like some of the horror elements in the movie and some of the humor are enough to bring, not lose enough points to bring it down, which is not necessarily when you said a, a low three or a weak three. That's kind of what that is to me. Even though it's a five out of 10, it's because you're taking the better parts of the movie, which should elevate it to just not lose anything. So really, you're just breaking fucking even. It's not one of those movies where, oh man, the premise takes it up or the story takes it up or you know there was just these technical things is what's brought it down and whatever, whatever. This is literally one of those movies where the good and the bad are pretty much equal. <laughs> and so it doesn't go anywhere. So there's a couple times in the movie where you laugh pretty hard. There's a couple of the horror is pretty much probably where I gave most of my score yeah. to. Cause even though it's a comedy, I thought there was some really cool stalking elements. Like you could actually have turned this into a serious horror film with, by cutting out just a few jokes. Yeah. You know what I mean? And cut and, and changing some of the, uh, the crazy premise, like the, the touch and all that stuff and making maybe a more serious premise instead there. And it would have been a horror film. <laughs> so I, I give, them that credit so that's why it gets a three and a five out of ten but literally it's one of those movies where and that's why at least we could talk about it a little more than like a a dull movie where it's just a a, you know the whole time it just plateaus and just stays at a five but it's just kind of like it's weird it's just like you every movie starts out in that even zone and it's like okay it adds a couple uh, things so it goes up and then uh, uh, nope it gets brought back down up nope now it's now it's tilting the other way no 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 it gets brought back to the middle and by the end of it you're just at back at the fucking middle it's just a weird i don't know i think that's the best way to describe it in my opinion yeah yeah, it seesaws and just winds up being kind of level by the end of it. Yeah, absolutely. So that is our review of Club Dread. We both gave it a three. I gave it a five out of ten. But what are your thoughts on it? Hit us up on the social medias to find those. Go to 3FNpodcast.com. Get all of that and uh, let us know what you think about Broken Lizards Club Dread. Well, Diesel, we won't have to hear any Terminator hate this week from Ron <laughs> because we smacked that bitch ass. Send him packing. Now he's just not feeling good. But we don't have to hear the Terminator hate, uh, which I'm happy for. But it's going to be real. The joke's on him because Terminator is celebrating its uh, 40th anniversary this year, and we will be reviewing it. So, ha <laughs> ha.
I'm looking forward to that. Actually. I am actually. Well, me and you like the movie. <laughs> yeah. For some reason, Ron doesn't. Who knows? I don't know. Ron, Ron did say that he he just wanted one that was polarizing. He doesn't ah, hate it. Okay. He just wanted one that. So he didn't go with one he didn't like yeah, this time. This okay. one was more of a, oh, I want to see what people said when they're given like a one, especially when we get to T2. Dude, T2, if you, get, if, you, if you think T2 is bad, if it, I'm sorry. This goes for everybody. Your opinion is still annoyed at this point. I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, probably one of the uh, most epic movies of all time. Uh, with that being said, though, we don't have that, so Ron can't give us that this week. So that brings us to the end of the show. And uh, thank you guys for listening to our review of Club Dread. Ta- thank you for tuning into the 3FN Podcast. And we'll be back next week with our 3FN Movie Club review of the brand new Sony Pictures mega hit, <laughs> Madam oh. Web. Diesel, uh, remember last week when you told people that uh, they should join Patreon because we're going to see Madam Web for them? I think I think we should yeah. remind them of that. Yeah. Woo, because, uh, listen, now, I, I am going in with the lowest bar of all time. So that should tell you something. Uh, so it should be easy to clear that bar. So once again, we don't usually go in with expectations, but uh, for some reason, I'm just not looking forward to it. <sighs> this is, is going to make Morbius look like a goddamn masterpiece. Uh, well, with that being said, you'll find out next week on the 3FN Movie Club Review. Until then, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and most importantly, later nerds. Later nerds. <laughs> Get <laughs> it,